0: And welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B I Z Z A R O. And you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. You can also find our podcast at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, before we get started, I want to introduce a guest, co host, and a really great friend of mine and, and business partner, Demario Presley. How are you doing today, Demario?
1: I'm doing quite well, sir. How are you?
0: So, Demario, really quickly for the audience, will you give us like a three-minute pitch on on your background and and where you're going for your future and and sort of our connection?
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, like you said, my name is Demario Presley, and uh, and I'm from. I was born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina, and now I found myself. Here in Atlanta, um, and I and I am loving it. Um, you know, uh, my my background is actually football. Uh, I played football for many many years, middle school, high school. I didn't play little league and the younger because I was just, quite frankly, too daggone on big. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I could never meet the weight of uh, the uh weight requirements. So, you know, that just didn't happen for me, but that was a good thing cuz uh you know, I played in high school and then I ended up uh and I hate when I talk about high school and I talk about this stuff cuz you know, I just don't like to talk about myself. But uh in high school, um I came out of high school ranked the number 11th player um in the US and I had a scholarship to every university uh, in the United States and so I landed on North Carolina State uh, just to stay close to home and stay with my North North Carolina roots and played there for four years and I ended up being drafted to New Orleans Saints and in my second year I was blessed to be a part of the Super Bowl 44 and we took it all so uh, I did win the Super Bowl that year and you know, from there, went on to play for the Texans, the Panthers, and the Chicago Bears. Uh, and then, uh, so I retired in 2013. I had a six-year career, and, you know, I jumped into business and became an entrepreneur, had some failures, had some wins, and now um, <clears throat> I'm currently running a company called Grown Strong Distribution, and uh, I'm so excited for that, so excited for the... Uh, for you know the to 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 provide this type of service to to the great state of Georgia and you know hopefully take it further and beyond my even wildest dreams.
0: <laughs> Thanks to Mario and um I, I wanna make sure that everyone knows that I you're launching your, your business over the next few weeks while it's already been months and years in progress and working with the state of georgia to launch it and then to grow it yes um in california and georgia it's a really cool story that i thought entrepreneurs should hear and why i asked them to be our co-host is because here's the story of someone that could have just said i did it i I peaked at playing football and not move on with my life, but you looked at it as an opportunity to go out there and do more and chase sort of the entrepreneurial spirit that you had inside of you and pursue that as well with grown strong farmhouse, uh, the, which is a food distribution company that'll really launch, um, in Georgia as well as California and then spread across the country, hopefully, um, is your dream. So I think that's really cool. Absolutely. So on that note, um, I'm going to, introduce our interviewees today but first um, I wanted a quick drop a note for everyone Um, the food and beverage entrepreneur summit uh, I talk about it on the podcast that's June 3rd and 4th in Milledgeville Georgia Uh, get your tickets on Eventbrite Uh, there's still some available so hurry up and get them before they they're gone because they are going quickly Um, it is going to be a collaboration summit it's not going to be your typical vendor um, speeches, education, while there'll be education and motivational speakers as part of it, we're going to work on collaboration and small teams and the food and beverage entrepreneurs working with farmers and distributors and retailers to create, um, items and menus and products together speculatively to what could go into it and how they can collaborate, collaborate with each other and grow their products together. So it's kind of a fun theme. Uh, I recommend anyone to go. It's completely different. It's never been done before. We have some really cool speakers and a keynote speaker. Um, Some people that DeMario is friends with from the NFL also coming to speak as motivational speakers who are also in the food space. So there's a lot of cool people uh, coming out to the event who are taking interest in it and doing it because they want to and they're generating their time. We aren't charging for tickets the motivational and educational speakers and keynote speakers not charging for their time. So it's kind of this cool thing we're doing purely out of the the kindness of doing the right thing and, and trying to get people together and collaborate with people. So it's really cool what's going on. So please, everyone, go to Eventbrite, get your tickets. The Food and Beverage Entrepreneur Summit, they are going fast, so please get them while you can. Today, we are interviewing... Johnny and Hannah from Big Boy's Cookies in Georgia, how are you guys doing today? Great. Doing good. So, um we, we this is our second podcast with you guys in an episode. So, really briefly, you know, I know people can go back and listen to your last episode. However, I wanted to quick give everyone up to speed sort of what you guys do, how you got to where you are and and really where you guys have found some success over the last year since we've talked um if you guys want to just really dive into that that'd be great
2: well uh i guess if you want a brief (laughs) a brief uh summary um johnny started out uh we're both uh, in the medical well we both are in the medical profession as far as being licensed nurses um and whenever uh johnny got started out he was working as a Uh, marketing rep um for a pharmacy well for a local pharmacy doing compounding drugs and so um he started baking cookies at home to take to his offices to kind of um get him in the door at these places and uh that's kind of like where it all started uh at at the at home and
0: um
3: he wanted an update since the last time we talked to him. They got all that the first
0: time we interviewed. Yeah. W- on a side note, I just wanted to say what a <laughs> great beard. Johnny, do you still have that beard? Because I look at the pictures online and I, I've been to Big Boy Cookies and I didn't get <laughs> a chance to meet you, but that is an incredible beard.
1: <laughs> I, I sure. That a, is
0: a wild beard.
3: <laughs> I, I did trim it up uh, around Christmas time. Uh, we have a eight. Well, he's eighteen months old now, but he he got to where he liked to pull up okay. on my yeah on our son. Sorry, eighteen <laughs> month old baby, our child, our son. Um. Anyway, he he got to where he was wanting to pull up on my beard, and he could, but it didn't feel good. Um. But anyway, I, I don't it's know. It's a little shorter now. It's it's a little bit shorter. I'm I'm debating on letting it grow back out. It was just it's a lot of upkeep. People don't realize, like you, if you have a beard that long, I mean, you we which we wear beard nets and stuff in the shop. But um, a quick update since the last time I talked to you <laughs> would be that we have continued to grow our food truck. Uh, we our radius, how far we go out. Um, we're doing some stuff in South Carolina and Florida. We are. Um, We've grown some employees. We've got a few more people working here. Um, And also, we've changed how we train people and stuff. Like, a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff has changed for us. Um, Because before, it was kind of like every person had one job that they did. And now it's kind of like we try to teach everyone how to do everything, Um, which has opened up opportunities for us so that we can do more. Uh, And we, we just... Uh, purchased our building that our, our store is in mm-hmm. uh, in in Statesboro, um, and we are currently Two looking. Weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, just recently, and we're currently looking into possibly doing a a, a second food truck. Um, so that's that's the real quick. <laughs>
2: said the other two. I don't know. This is why I don't do
0: <laughs> So let's dive into your brains really quickly. I really want to dive into it because we we've now we've got you know the idea of what you guys have done. So ex- let's dive into the food trucks first. The first thing that you said was the bigger radius, and the second yep. thing is a second food truck uh, base, and it's all based around cookies. So everyone knows, obviously, Big Boy Cookies in Statesboro, Georgia. But I want to dive into that piece first. Let's dissect that piece. So tell me how you came up with the decision to expand the radius. And then two, tell us about how you guys sort of came up with the decision that it's time for a second food truck, potentially.
3: So whenever we first started doing the food truck, we're we're kind of a, it's a, where we fall in the. Department of Health, or Department of Agriculture, we're a retail bakery, but we're a mobile retail bakery because we bake on site. So everything that we've tried to do, like I've had to learn so much stuff about health department regulations, agricultural regulations. Um, We are, where we live, Bullock County, they said they will never issue another mobile permit for a bakery (laughs) because it's, it's like we don't fit anywhere. But the reason we decided to start expanding out more is because we've done a lot of the local stuff. And with having the storefront and the fact that we do deliveries and stuff like that with uh, some of our local uh, delivery companies, uh, people around here can get them kind of six days a week. The only day we're closed is on Sunday. And we've done big events like I – I think one of the biggest, so far this year, the biggest one we've done was Charleston Food Truck Festival, and I believe they had probably somewhere around 10 to 15,000 people. There could have been more, but, I mean, we we're able to bake and keep cookies hot and fresh coming out of the oven constantly, like the entire time the event's going on. But moving out past, like, because we were just going in the state of Georgia, and
2: I think I think a big a big deciding factor too was that a lot of our events, no matter how big or how small they were, would always generate um sales online on our website so we you know expanding out you know a little bit further we can get those we can get that recognition and people can go to our website and order um our cookies from our website as well and then also it seems like it, We've, we've been doing, I guess, we've had the truck since 2016, and so we what we've learned about uh, doing events out of the food truck is what events we do the best at, as, you know, and it seems to be that uh, food truck festival events that primarily showcase other food trucks and just food in general are, like, really good for us, and so, you know, Georgia, we've there's all kinds of fest, all different kinds of festivals, all the time, all over. Um, but the actual food truck events are the ones we do the best at. Well, food, um,
3: food events and like vintage craft markets Yeah, things.
2: surprisingly, like antique uh, and vintage, like um, antique furniture and and cra- yeah, surprisingly that as well. It was you know kind of funny, but I think it's um,
3: because people can appreciate like someone spending time to really make something instead of just buying whatever's available and throwing it out you know we all of these recipes are like our original recipes so like if you go to an antique market or a craft show you're going there to find something special now i mean a cookie
2: yeah, is
3: it's not that it's such a special thing because so we repli- well, we replicate <laughs> a lot but um i mean we we make a lot of cookies uh, but all the recipes are unique to us, um, and I've I've been working on that. That's one of my things that I really love doing is making new recipes and stuff, and having that available for people. And um,
2: I think it's I think been, I'm up to like
3: sixty recipes now.
2: I think the most important thing for us has been, as far as doing the like um, food trucking events and stuff, has been finding where like that that those events and festivals that are I think anyone who's doing food truck a food truck is about finding where you most excel and you know you kind of have to do a lot of trial and error we've been to a lot of events that we realized quickly it's not our market it was not it just wasn't you know
3: any alcohol involved
2: (laughs) yeah we don't you think people drink you know they want to eat but I mean they won't Hot fried
3: food. <laughs> yeah. They want they want some grease to soak up that alcohol.
2: So, you know, you figure these things out, but um it's been a, a big learning experience for sure.
1: And, but as far
0: as well the in the box, oh, Go, go ahead, ahead, Demario.
1: I'm sorry. Um yeah, so if I could jump in here, uh, you know, I'd certainly believe you when you say you have sixty recipes because, you know, uh I started playing around on your website this morning. And I was amazed at the types and the all different kind of assortment of cookies that you guys have. I mean, from turtle cookies to uh, I, I think I saw like a uh, uh, banana pudding, and yeah. uh, and you definitely blew me away with like a fruity pebble cookie. Like I like I can't <laughs> wait to try that one. <laughs> and, and, and so, um, but you know, to, to go back off of what you just said, you know, and I hope I'm not uh, jumping ahead, so stop me, Justin. But you know, with you, you know, you are growing, um, and you know, you are setting yourself up for growth. And I think that is amazing, you know. While while you have decided to teach people the way, you know, the Way the company is not is not only supposed supposed to be ran and its morals, but also you know how to do this, how to do that. I think that is certainly important for for growth. So with that, you know, what is your end goal? What is your dream goal? What is your out of the box? This is what I want. This is what I hope to see. What is that goal?
3: Um. Well, that's that's moved around the map a few times because. <laughs> I mean, as you, because I don't have, me or Hannah don't have a background in food or anything. Like, the only, business. I mean, entrepreneurship <laughs> does, I mean, I don't know if that's genetic or not, but her dad has his own company. My dad has had his own company for almost 50 years now. Um, it's just seeing, being able to pour yourself into your work and stand back yes. and be. You know, be somewhat. You don't want to be prideful, but you want to be proud of what you're doing. And Absolutely. to have a staff that you can stand behind and say, "These guys are really getting it done. They're doing exactly what I need them to do." Um, and teaching them customer service, and which Hannah is much better at that. But our our end goal is it. It's it's still it's like a moving target for us because there we we want to grow our e-commerce. Um, you know, we want to move around with that. We want to start franchising. We want to have more food trucks. It's just with what we do having cookies, it, it, you have a lot of options that I don't think people realize in the food industry because they ship well, they freeze. Yeah. They, you can sell the dough. You can sell a mix. Like you can, you can do a lot of different things for it. But what we really want to do right now is we're going to, Pull back, you know, pull back on the throttle a little bit, and re- redo our store in Statesboro and add some more menu options. We've got a lot of stuff that we want to work on. Um, we're starting to add ice cream on, back onto our menu. We did have Leopold's for a while, um, but the the price point for that it just it it was it was it, Leopold's is expensive. I mean, <laughs> it's it's, good, it's amazing. It's Perhaps, an amazing but... product. But people come to our store for uh, cookies. I mean, that that's what we want to really showcase is the cookies. And, I mean, I felt like with that, we were basically battling with their brand. Not 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 so much on that end of it, but anyway.
2: So, so I think to take on your question from a different perspective, I think when anyone gets into starting their own company, whatever it may be, um, you know, we or in the food industry, but whatever it may be, I think the starting goal, like you, you want to, you want to, you want to make money. I mean, you know, you want to work for yourself, you want to grow something, but then I feel like the more into it that you get, um, you start realizing that you have the capacity to affect other people's lives. And it, it kind of takes on a different meaning at that point. It's like, you know, we can make a product that people that can be become like an experience for someone. And that's, that's, that's a powerful thing. I feel like,
0: um, I want to touch on that really quickly and, and really just emphasize that and let you continue is that food and even especially desserts and cookies, you eat all the time, but really what it does is it brings people together. You're creating yeah. a product. And we talk a lot right. about this on the podcast is you're merely the vehicle that's building memories with people. Right. They may not remember the exact cookie, but they know it was your cookie built around that memory. And so it's sort of this vehicle in this object for lack of a better term, because we eat all the time that actually we all come around together as human beings around food and beverage all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's so important that, I mean, I agree with what you are saying so much because that's what builds your business. It's not just the product. It's not just the cookie. It's the whole experience you guys are creating. So I want to let you continue, but I really wanted to emphasize that because you hit the nail on the head so accurately that I wanted to emphasize it.
2: Well, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. It's so hard, like, when you're, I mean, we, are so far from like knowing everything there is to know about just in general owning a business, but also just being in the food industry and that kind of thing. And so, like, we're constantly learning. And yes, our in our end goal, you know, kind of takes on a different, you know, takes on a different picture. Like it seems like a lot. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but you know, I, I feel like the main thing though is is the is that we. I do feel like we have found a a really significant purpose in what we're doing. And as long as that is, you know, our driving force, you know, we want to be successful, but we want it to be meaningful as well. So.
0: Absolutely. And I don't want to confuse people about how great your cookies are. Okay. So I'm (laughs) going to quick tell two stories before we get into the next questions. The first story is this, is after our last podcast, Um, you guys sent Deborah and I cookies out to Colorado and we have, you know, the camera doorbell so we can see what goes on. And the package was delivered and within two hours, now it's broad daylight. So raccoons generally don't come out during broad daylight, but they sniffed out these cookies, (laughs) took the box off our porch and dragged it out into our field and ate all the cookies. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So we reach out to Johnny, he was very nice. He's like, "Yes, I can send you guys out another batch, but Deborah, I'm sorry, I don't have any carrot cake ones right now," which which she was massively oh disappointed about. So he sends us another set of cookies. Well, we had a we were supposed to be home that day from Atlanta, but our flight got delayed and we spent the night there and we came home the next morning. And we, again, I knew the cookies were delivered because I saw the ring go off when they were delivered. But I never followed up where there were some messages overnight, which usually animals and stuff like that. And so we're like, gosh, the cookies are gone. Well, this time we had a pack of four puppies, coyotes, take the cookies off the porch and eat all of them. And the flavor of the cookies got into the box so well, they actually ate the cardboard in the box. And so, so... (laughs) So that's how good the cookies are. And you guys were nice enough to send them again. We make sure we were home this time. We tried them. We even froze a bunch so my stepdaughters, Deborah's daughters, could try them and their friends. So blown away that we were down in Georgia on a trip, a business trip last fall. And we made sure, you know, went 20 minutes out of our way just because we wanted everyone to try these cookies. And everyone tried one. And literally, I'm not kidding you, we turned around the car went back, parked again, and the other co-workers I were with bought each uh, two dozen each. I had already bought two dozen, so I was like, I know what I wanted, but they each bought more and a bunch of stuff as well. So I thought that was just a really cool experience, and it was later in the day, but it's just You know great service and great staff and just cheerful and helpful and and letting you know recommending flavors and and things like that so i thought that was really cool so let's talk about sort of how you guys lead And you were talking about cross-training your employees. So I want to tie these two conversations together is how you guys lead and create that environment. I mean, obviously your cookies are amazing, but it's about the whole positivity in the environment and the energy you guys are spewing out. But also we talked last time about employees and the millennials and stuff like that and that impact on your business and the hardship there so I want to tie this into what you just said about cross-training your employees and how you guys lead because the energy just walking into your store is so different in the helpfulness and the positivity compared to other businesses I think is so important so I really want to dive into that with you guys.
3: Well it's it's changed a few times since the beginning Um, because I went from being by myself to trying to start working with people. And whenever we first opened, it was like, I'm going to make the cookies. I just need you to scoop them and I'm going to bake them. I don't want you touching anything. And now everyone that we hired, which also whenever we first opened the shop, we hired a lot of like, juniors and seniors because we're in a college town so we hired a lot of juniors and seniors that were like about to graduate from georgia southern because they had more job experience they had more um they're not what necessarily personality but they (laughs) it's they they were at the point where they weren't as shy about trying to have a voice um and after every time we like really got attached to people it was like, okay, well, I'm graduating. I'm about to move to Atlanta to get my job, my real job. And I'm like, <laughs> God knows. I mean, it, it was hard because you get attached to people because you pour so much into them and you really want them to succeed. So it's like, you can't hold a grudge because it's like, hey, you know, I mean, we, we pay better than minimum wage, but like we, I mean, it is a cookie shop and we are still very new. So we can't pay a ton, but like they're graduating from Georgia Southern with like a bachelor's degree in marketing. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to go make 90 grand a year in Atlanta working for a <laughs> marketing firm or something. So thanks. Thanks for my part-time job for the last six months. Thanks for teaching me how to bake. Um, they,
2: that was, I think that was more then like last year. It was. Second year.
3: Second year. Cause after we lost a bunch of people and had to retrain and then lost them again and had to retrain. It was just, yeah. it was so much. So then we hired, fresh out of high school woo! that <laughs> I didn't realize how introverted younger <laughs> people are. And I know it's yeah. not everybody. It can't be everybody because they're, I mean, some kids literally don't care if you've done anything with your life. Like, it's like, you know, like they, they come in here in flip-flops and flip flops and baggy shirt for their job interview. And I'm just like, next. No. <laughs> I but, mean, really, because, like, they don't care. I had one kid come in to interview, and he was like, this is a nice little – it's like a little hole-in-the-wall place. I like it. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, like,
0: it, not, hey, I'm, hey, this is putting you, food this this on my is, table.
3: This is not a hole-in-the-wall. No, I mean – hole-in-the-wall has, like,
0: not what <laughs> we've tried to do. Hey, there's the door, and after you get out of the door, can you return the shoe that I just stuck up your ass? <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it's like, that was like a 16 year old kid and I was like no absolutely not
2: well I think so honestly I feel like it's and-
3: given us an opportunity to really ingrain in people have, like know yourself worth be friendly to people because I was like yes talking to people public speaking is like the number one fear period I was like you work in a cookie shop we make cookies every day so it's okay like there are worse things to be doing. Like you're in air conditioning, you make cookies. It's not.
2: Hiring, know. I think hiring people right out of high school, some of them, even their first job here, we had a couple that had never even had a job before. And it was scary hiring someone like that to like work for you. And you know, you're still so small and you, you're all about customer service and this and that. But I'll say, I feel like, as far as like how the shop ran and and the, as far as like your the energy and stuff, I think it actually got even better because we we hired some of these people like we just really like on a on a
3: just based on their personality a, a wing and a much.
2: whatever that saying is where it's just like we really took a chance and we watched these people like really blossom into like really great people that had good work ethic and, and personalities just came out of shit. I mean, it was a cool thing to watch really. And Johnny has a very like larger than life kind of personality. So, you know, being around that, I think, um, and then just, you know, trying to, to, to really, really trying to like build confidence. And it's, and that's what I was talking about earlier too, in a, in a different way. Um, you know, you start, your your business starts to affect other people's lives, you know, those people aren't going to be here forever, but for the small time that they're here, you have an opportunity to really, you know, be a part of someone's life, and you can do it, you can really make a, a an opportunity out of it, or you can really, like, you know, it can really be a bad experience for somebody, and it can affect someone a little negatively, so, I mean, you have to consider that. But I think hiring the younger people and them being here over the last two years, I mean, it's been a good thing for us, I think, overall.
3: I will say this. You just I'm, have to have
2: some a little bit of faith up front. It's
3: <laughs> Hannah <laughs> Hannah is so much more positive than I am because like I have a lot of I mean I it may not be every entrepreneur, but I mean you, I, I get uh, which I haven't it hasn't been as bad but I mean Hannah's super positive and she's always like backing me up or pushing me into things that I don't necessarily want to do but it's better for me and for the business um she signed up for this like eight week class last fall (laughs) and then she got a job full-time doing a home home health stuff and she wasn't able to go. She's like, hey, I've already paid for this class, so you've got to go. And I was like, oh, my God. Because I, I, mean, I like learning stuff, but I'm like a YouTube learner. you know. I'll, I'll sit there on YouTube for 12 hours trying to learn how to build a counter. A lot of the stuff in the store, I've made myself. Uh, I mean, not like the commercial tables and stuff, but like, yeah, YouTube taught me how to do some woodwork and stuff. But anyway... Going to that class and everything, like it just really refocused all of my energy and everything because I realized I wasn't really in a position of like being the leader. I was more or less a manager with a little bit more authority than anybody else. But, and I've, I've had, we've had people here that's like told me, you know, like you set the, the, the tone for the store. So if you come in and you're stressed out or you're frustrated or you're mad at somebody about something, if you, if you show that in any way, it's going to perpetually go through the entire company, yeah. which is only like eight people. But still. But, yeah. but <laughs> uh, the
2: cro- I think going back to the cross-training thing, I think initially you wanted to do that mainly because financially, with the schedules being so...
3: I wanted to do that so I had a chance to sleep.
2: Well, yeah, I mean...
3: Whenever we first opened, I was up here like 18 hours a day easily, yeah. and... And we and we were running the food truck every weekend, and we so I mean I was ba- I, I mean there was some times where I didn't get a day off for like a month or more, and it was like that that'll like wear you down, especially with us having a baby, and we've got another one on the way. We'll have our second baby here uh in July. So. But I think it was more affordable. Uh, you
2: know, financially, it was a good move just because. You know, you can utilize people the most. Like the more you, you know, the more that they're able to do. I mean, you obviously you can utilize them more and in, in different capacity as as you need to. Um, more expendable, I guess. I don't
3: know. No, it's but, it's you get more and more mileage out of your employees whenever then you train doing, them like They don't that.
2: get burnt out doing the same thing all the time either. Exactly. It goes in yeah. every level of the operation. And I think that's important because, like, in the medical realm, I'll tell you this, um, you know, as a nurse, when you work, like, in a hospital, until you experience every job that, you know, and it's hard. Like, it, it's so funny because, like, there's memes and everything, like funny videos about how, you know, different levels of nursing doctors administration how they just have so much black to say about you know one position versus the other because I mean it's just simply you just don't know and a lot of it's becoming more popular in the in the medical realm to cross-train and so that you can understand and relate and you don't have such a um you know like I guess such a Uh, chip on your shoulder about why something's not being done a certain way. You understand it from all aspects of it. And cross-training in our business, I think, was a good way for them to understand every moving part of the business. It
3: it gave me the authority to say you can't complain about doing that because I did it for myself. did it by myself with no help from anyone for a year and a half because they'd be like, oh, I don't want to wash these dishes. And I'm like, "Uh, you better get to it. You know I mean it's like I'll show you how to do it if you need me to help you but it, I don't know I, I I never thought that I would have to teach someone how to sweep a floor
0: I know I'm you're not kidding about that one and it's <laughs> it's, it's like I I could go on for this forever it's like putting away shopping carts or you know everyone's going to laugh at this but clean as a male cleaning off the urine if you pee on a seat like what are we we're not teaching our kids any of these skills anymore like oh there's a piece of trash on the ground pick it up you know it's like so even like the sweeping the floor mopping or washing a dish like you don't know how to wash a dish like i'm like like where are your parents? Because we need I need to talk to them. Because forget it about you. You're lost now. Because why weren't you taught these things? You know, and it's like these basic, sur- I'll call them basic survival <laughs> skills. Because you get into business, you're not setting up your kids to succeed and leverage themselves at any point. Where they're going to, even if they're in a $90,000 a year marketing job, they're going to walk yeah. into the kitchen and just leave their dish there for someone else to clean up. I mean, you know, people notice that stuff. So. I know I go on a tangent, Actually. but it's something I get so frustrated with myself. I'm just like, you know, there's this comedy show in Living Color back in the day, um, in the no. early nineties, and there was Homie the Clown, and he always used He's to have 30. this ball with like think it Arr- had a tennis ball at the end and he would hit the kid and he'd be like, I don't think so, homie, don't play that and that's what don't I feel like doing. That. you know it's like come on like but you're all right and but I think the other important thing is the empowering the employees through cross-training they get ownership of every every responsibility and now they hold each other accountable also and that's what we've seen as well when you get people out of people want to own their specific piece. That's great. But when they're cross trained, they also are able to hold each other accountable, which I think is pretty cool. And that's a good point.
2: And
3: well, go ahead, go
1: ahead, go ahead. Well, so I, I just wanted to add to Justin's part about, uh, picking up the trash. So I think that, Me and my wife, we've been a little too intense with our daughter. (laughs) So our daughter, she's, um, she will be six in a couple of weeks and, um, and she's in kindergarten. Her name is Delaney. And, um, and we've like taught her about picking up trash and, you know, if you see something, pick it up. And like, she, she has grabbed onto that idea and will not stop. And like, and that doesn't work for somebody like me who's like has like a slight o c d about germs and stuff, so we could be oh yes, so we could be in like the Kroger parking lot next to a dumpster, and you know like if the dumpster has like trash. Spewing out of it, she wants to go pick it up. I'm like, no, don't oh pick up god. that! Don't
0: you do it? What really? <laughs> What you guys don't know is with the coronavirus, Demario's whole family is in hazmat suits right now. <laughs>
1: oh my god! Literally, my wife called. No, so, so I have to tell my wife now. She literally called the uh, the school district to see. If we decided to keep her home, will will the absent be excused? <laughs> 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 like literally, like she doesn't even want her to go to school. So, so yeah, it's crazy.
3: Well,
2: but. I mean,
3: people, people don't. I mean, someone could. Look, oh my God, people that get sick and still go run all their daily errands. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like if you're sick, you. Oh yeah. Oh, God. When you're in
2: Atlanta, so those are, that's where the yeah, God two bless patients, you. yeah well, so far, there's probably <laughs> more, but two reported cases. Well, the problem is, like,
3: let's not get all. the
0: <laughs> No, but I think there's an important thing to this, and we've never talked about it on the podcast, is where if someone's sick and you're in the food business, like oh the best God. bet is don't come to work. I don't care. Here's mm-hmm. you've got time mm-hmm. off. You use it. I don't, you know, I'm not going to be upset at you. I don't even care if it's not as bad as you're saying it is. Don't come mm-hmm. in here because you can spread stuff through food so rapidly. Mm-hmm. And to the other employees around food, you know, that's the, re- that's the real thing is like, let's be mm-hmm. over cautious here. Um, when it comes to food, cause you can spread it pretty quickly through food. And if it's, if it works that way. So just on that note, I think really something to draw out of it, since we never talk about it, is you've got. in when you're in food and beverage, you got to give people that slack. To what Johnny was mm-hmm. saying is just stay home, just get better. Yeah. Don't run errands. Don't come to work. Like we're in the food business here. You don't want to make people sick in any yeah, way, so shape, or don't form.
3: Mean, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. That's why you got that bearded guarded defense you got going on.
3: That's right. That's right.
1: You got to keep it
3: covered. <laughs>
1: But I do wanna to add to the uh to the cross training focus oh, just for a second because I think it's I think it's also inspiring. Uh and and I'ma say that from my own view. Um so in high school um, I worked in the kitchen of a nursing home mm-hmm. and my, and that first position that I had, I was just a dishwasher. I I was just, you know, that's all I was. I just washed dishes for eight hours after school or how long. And I hated it, hated it. Uh, and I, and my wife would tell you, I hate washing dishes today, <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but then, you know, um, I got a little interested in prepping the foods and, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, um Picking the foods and I started learning that stuff, you know, how, how to go into the, you know, the cooler and pick things, how to, um, you know, how to actually plate a meal for a patient or, you yes. know, how, to, how, how to puree, you know, carrots for a person who needs to puree. And, um, right. and I, and I dove right into that. I loved every second of it. And that is what that experience, that you know, great. I, that is inspiring and it inspired me and, and, and that inspired my love for food. And now I work in food. (laughs) I work with food every day and I absolutely love it. And, you know, I don't think that my love for food would ever be as deep as it is if it wasn't for that experience. And I ended up working through uh, freshman year all the way up to you know, even on the off season in college, when I would come home and stay for the summer, sometimes I would go and work there throughout. You know, those you know, a uh, spring break week or something. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's cool.
1: Yeah, so maybe that uh, so so maybe that uh that uh, marketing student that you had that is going to make ninety thousand dollars in atlanta maybe he or she will end up in food marketing
0: somehow <laughs> yeah i think yeah. cool i think cool yeah and i and, and, go ahead go ahead no i was just oh, gonna yeah. say back on the germ thing i just being in food i think you heighten your level of understanding of germs and i'm sure demario being in the nursing home how safe everything has to be because they're most likely elderly yes. patients and food in the safety thing I know uh, I'm super paranoid as well. I'm washing my hands constantly. I brush my teeth probably more than any dentist would recommend me brushing my teeth just because, like, I'm, sh- you know, it's one of those things where I've become so conscious about safety and health safety and food safety that it gets brought into it. But back to your other point on cross-training, DeMaria, I think when we empower youth, we give them the ability to go do something, and when we... Yeah. Restrict them, and if I want to take it full circle, when we're, it, when we don't teach our kids how to, you know, sweep or vacuum or some of the other basics, help with the lawn, help with everything, we're actually robbing them of their dignity to learn in the future. So, as entrepreneurs, I really feel like we have this huge duty that's greater than just what we do. It's to, to pass on those skills to our youth because we are so involved in our businesses that we need to give them back their dignity to do those things. And they may not like doing it, but I got to yeah. tell you like when I'm messed up or I'm having a bad day and whatever, you know what, grounds me is a little bit of manual labor you know it's a little bit of doing something in the business and if you're ever going to run your own business you're never going to impress the employees more or build their loyalty more or build their trust more by diving in there and doing it with them so you we need those skills they're so important to being leaders of the future um, and I don't think we teach it enough anymore because we don't have things like wood shop and, and home yeah, shop and home all that in schools.
2: Need that I
3: thought
2: they were bringing that back. They need to. Home ed is where I learned to balance the checkbook and cook. And I learned that in math. Course. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: <I'm> from Florida. <laughs> no, no I, I will say that, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I, had, I had mechanic shops. I had electrician classes. I mean, I went to a school that well-rounded us, uh, and it was all boys, so there was that whole concept of hard knocks and things like that and Mm -hmm. getting used to life. But it's one of those things where you're well-rounding these human beings that come into your business, and it's just it's so much greater than even just cross-training what you guys are doing, and I think that's really awesome. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot on on different podcasts, but one of the reasons that I – you know, felt such a connection to Johnny and drove out of the way. It was for the flavor of the cookies, but it was also with the possibility of meeting him in person because the positivity in his mindset, and I hadn't met or talked to Hannah yet. So, um, keep that in mind, but you got, you, you left an impact on me, left an impact so much on me on my phone that I don't, I don't put every phone number of every podcast person in my phone, but when you just called for us to start the podcast, your name popped up. So, that usually means you left an impact on me. So, Thank you You know, I think that's important. And I don't want to get sidetracked because you were about to say something. So I wanted to let you guys dive more into the topic, but I just wanted to really just talk about how important it is for that we take the opportunity as entrepreneurs to help the future generations learn these skills that they're not learning at home or in the classroom.
3: I mean, even just... I asked people in their interview, I was like, do you cook at home or anything? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, you we can learn here. <laughs> yeah. um, but And what's cool is we have so many different flavors and stuff now. So the oven that I use is uh, I use a Moffitt oven. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be, it's, it was designed for baking. Uh, it has a dual direction fan, so it blows in one direction for, I think, 30 seconds, and then it stops, switches, and goes back in the other direction for 30 seconds. So it's supposed to eliminate hot spots, which it does, I guess, for the most part. I've never used any other oven because once I learned that one, I didn't want to try to learn on anything else. <laughs> um, but different different levels of the oven bake, you know, the hot, the higher up in the oven you go, the hotter the cookies are or the hotter the temperature is so some cookies need a lower temperature to bake some of them need a hotter temperature to bake so we've got like on the side we've got like cheat sheets for where certain cookies go um and then if we're trying a new recipe or something we just bake in the middle and that's going to be as close to the temperature that we set um going forward but teaching everyone like this goes here you know this goes here we we try to get We move them around in there so that we can get a pretty close approximation for an average bake time for every cookie, like more like universal kind of thing. But if it's cold outside, if it's hot outside, if it's humid, everything affects your baking. So you can't say bake this for 15 minutes and take it out. If you do, you're not going to get the best product you can i mean you might so they.
2: i mean i would say everyone who's worked here and has been trained on baking they i mean because it's so specific and it's almost a science you
3: go by touch
2: that yeah and some of it is kind of like just i think it you know they do learn a pretty you know a pretty higher skill of baking than what you would, i mean what you would do at home you know like it So that's been pretty cool. And everyone who has been trained baking, like I'm always so impressed with, you know, our people when they bake, like the cooks, like when they come out looking so good, I'm just like, that's, that's impressive because it's not just throw them in, pull them out. And they always look the same. Like there's a lot of thought that goes into it and they, they really do a good job for someone who's never had any experience cooking. And now they're baking and, you know, Uh, in a a professional manner with a professional oven and I mean it's I'm always very impressed with how well they do with it
3: the volume that we're able to put out is what's that's whenever you start getting in the real technical side of it because you've got five racks in the in the oven and you can fit I mean you can fit five full-size pans in there and you're gonna have like at events and stuff we could on average bake around 700 cookies an hour give or take uh, wow it's and that's, that's what with a single oven because everybody's always like you only have one oven in here and i'm like yeah that's it's away. Uh, it's more <laughs> than enough i will never forget the first really busy event that we that we did was uh the second savannah food truck festival that they ever that they had done in savannah and uh, one of the, the the guy that actually runs the savannah food truck festival is one of my best friends he's he could not believe when, because everybody had to turn. You were supposed to donate ten percent. We were one of the top trucks, and he was like, "Are you kidding me?" With
2: cookies, well, <laughs> too. I mean, I think some people <laughs> <laughs> well, a
3: little bit on them. <laughs> well, we are on school fault, I guess, but that's that's part of it. We Hannah uh, cross training and learning how to do things. Just to step back on this, just a second. Without Hannah, like, there would not be a Big Boy Cookies because she was watching me make recipes one day. And literally, I was just half, like, I had, like, half a cup. (laughs) Like, like I wasn't measuring anything. I was using the cups, but I was, like, it was, like, just a mounded up pile of flour. There was, like, a heaped up thing of salt and sugar. Like, nothing was measured at all because I learned how to cook from – cooking with my grandmother a lot and like you don't measure anything you just go by feel and by the way it looks like whenever I'm at home half the time I'll cook an entire meal and I commit the biggest sin in the kitchen I don't taste anything until I'm done (laughs) and I'll be like Hannah come try it I won't even try it I'll be like hey come try this
2: So weird
3: and she'll be like no it needs more salt usually it's undersalted because i made grits for my grandmother one time whenever i was first trying to figure out how to make grits and stuff which i have i will say i've perfected it not not to be up on the high horse but you can't live in georgia and not know how to cook grits Uh, Mm -hmm. my mom told me and then i learned from my grandmother but i salted i had them way too salty i don't know what i was thinking i guess i thought i was going to be making more because i don't you don't measure grits. You don't measure a lot of stuff. But anyway, Hannah was like, What are you doing? I was like, I'm I'm measuring I'm I'm making a new recipe. She's like, You're not measuring anything. I said, Well, I know what's in there. She said, Johnny, if you're if we're ever gonna grow, if we're ever gonna move beyond just you being in the kitchen for hours and hours on end, you've got to write it down to the point where other people can do it. And at that point, like, it never registered to me because, to me, it's, like, second nature. Like, I'm able to do a lot of really stupid, crazy stuff that doesn't make sense, and you can't figure out why you're able to do things, but it's just one of those things. And she... She was like the voice of reason, I guess.
2: Well, I'm also a very much five. Like, I'm I'm not a great cook by any means, and if yes. I'm gonna make anything, I've got to like look at a recipe, and you know, do exact everything. Like, there's no.
3: <laughs> well, you cook you cook from the heart, and I know a lot of people have said this in the past, but like I I could not figure out why if my mom made a sandwich, it was better than when I made a sandwich. It would be the same thing, same everything, and if she made it, it was better, and I finally realized, well, I realized she was adding more mayonnaise and more meat and stuff, (laughs) but it was love, (laughs) you know, you got to cook, and you got to put that into everything, and trying to equate that into a recipe, it's hard. I mean, you have to put a lot of heart into the thought behind the flavors, uh, yeah, how corner. you do one yeah, thing
0: you know, is everything. how you do everything, right? How you do right. one thing is how you do everything. That's right.
3: And it's doing that and and trying to teach other people how to do it, which I'm I'm still the only one that makes the recipes that we kind of take to the market. But I do talk to a lot of the people that work here. Um, one of the guys here, he kept telling me about cowboy cookies, which was butterscotch and chocolate chip. It's so good. And I made some. And, uh, he was like, Oh, I never put cinnamon in mine. And I, cause I put too much cinnamon. Cause I knew that butterscotch and cinnamon kind of go hand in hand in my brain. Um, and I asked him, I was like, well, is it an oatmeal based cookie? And he's like, no, it's just a regular cookie. So, uh, he told me I put too much butterscotch in it, <laughs> but he, did, he said it wasn't too Butter, bad. Butterscotch
2: and chocolate, i never put them two together, but it's actually really
3: good. It was good, but, So whenever I'm developing flavors and stuff is you got to figure out what you're trying to do and what your end goal is like. uh, I've I've started working on some new recipes and stuff because I got away from it for a while because, you know, there's business going on, but sometimes you have to make time for the things that you actually love, which is for me, it's being creative and, and coming up with new recipes and stuff. And I was talking to, this one of my friends, he's a business consultant, and he was like, I was like, well, I got to make new recipes. He was like, why? I was like, well, because that's what you do. He's like, are you? Do people really want more recipes? And I've talked to a bunch of our customers, and they're like, well, you got a lot of good stuff, but it's always fun to see something new. But it's it's what I like doing. Like I've got a new one that we're actually releasing this month, uh, March is we're doing a Mocha Madness, and it's I wanted a real. Coffee forward with a little chocolate on the back end. And so I did dark chocolate, espresso, coffee extract um, with uh, Bailey's chips, semi-sweet chips. No, did I do milk chocolate? No. Anyway, uh, and one of the guys working with me, he's like, well, I like a lot of cream in my coffee. And I was like, well, so let's do some cream cheese in it because we were just – I mean, we were kind of shooting from the hip. I still do it a lot. It's just like let's let's do it and see how it does. And it turned out great. Like we made some similar to this back like in the fall. And they were okay, but they weren't nothing compared to these. Like these are ten times better. And being open to people's suggestions and stuff, that's it's kind of hard for me because I feel like I have to be the one to create it because if i don't then i feel like i'm taking somebody else's idea you know what i mean like i don't know if absolutely mm-hmm. that, but you you get this mindset of if it's not my idea i don't you know i can't back it up it's like if you're if you're the leader of the business you have to have the vision for it you have to have be the one the driving force behind it because if you're if somebody else comes the in the
2: consumers in input is real important because that's what's gonna
3: it is but i mean would you have ever asked for a jalapeno corn cookie
2: not me personally but
3: nobody No, i mean people don't people don't ask for that kind of stuff because they don't know that it's a it's an option so you have to you have to be the one thinking outside of the box to be like well like i one of my uh, guy i was working out with he was like so you can make anything and i was like well i mean i don't know about anything but I said, I can do a lot of stuff. He's like, well, can you do a Fruity Pebbles cookie? I was like, well, that should be pretty easy, um, which I had never made anything like that before. But I was like, you know, in theory, you just you just make it. And you got to figure out what flavors, like, really come through whenever you're eating a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. And you get a, a lot of, like, citrus notes and stuff like that. And so, you know, figuring that out. And then I made some without white chocolate in it, I think, the first time. I was like, well, let's – I was like, we need some cream in here. So we added white chocolate to it. So it's like – it's basically simulating eating a bowl of Fruity Pebble.
0: I love like, that. And out of – so you said you have like 60 recipes, and I want to continue this conversation. How do you choose which ones make the cut every day or the 12 options or 10 options you guys have, whatever it is? How do you decide, and how do you decide which cookies are going to – um on the food truck and then how do you decide um when it's time to introduce a new type of cookie just like you said the mocha one that's supposed to simulate uh coffee
3: so for the mocha one i've been wanting to do it for a while uh, but i figured march madness well instead of march madness we'll do mocha madness I don't know. I like I like play on words and stuff, but yeah. releasing new flavors. You just kind of I'll make a small batch and I'll put it out for people to try. And if people like really respond well to it, then I'm like, OK, well, let's do this. We keep about 20 flavors on our website that you can order at any time. Um, we just kind of rotate them out throughout the year. Some years like we don't even make like there might we might do a year gap like this past fall i didn't make carrot cake cookies because whenever i made them the year before they took me like four hours to make (laughs) like it was an ungodly amount of time to make one batch of cookies um but there's some things that like we had like every every spring we're going to do pistachio paradise which is our watergate cookie because it's green and saint patrick's day and stuff but i don't know how do we pick all the flavors? Because we have so many
1: recipes. I don't I...
2: A lot of it stuff. Well out. If...
1: Yeah. But... Go ahead. So Johnny, I wanna ask, um, you know, you you have and in, okay, inspiration, you have inspired me that I've decided that some time in the near future I'm gonna make my own homemade cookies. Dang so it. You know, that's just a... I am going to do it. And so with that, let's like, let's, what is cookie one-on-one? So if I wanted to, you know, make a simple cookie, don't, uh, you know, please don't divulge any secret recipes, but if I wanted to make a cookie, um, what goes into it? I have no idea what goes into a cookie. I just know I like to eat them.
3: All right. Uh, do you have any special dietary needs?
1: I'm
0: sorry? His you're special dietary needs is he 20 needs 20 about 80 are you cookies.
3: Do you, are you a vegan, vegetarian, anything like that?
1: Oh, no. I eat everything. Okay, <laughs> yeah. good. I was going uh, uh, to say that the That's dietary so need is
0: big batch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Volume. So you, <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: 101, uh, you got to start out with your fat. So, for me, I'm old school – Uh, I use butter. Um, I know some people use margarine because it's cheaper. I don't believe in cutting quality on ingredients. So you get what you pay for whenever you're buying stuff. (laughs) So um, I have used grass-fed butter. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the weeds with all the super details. You use a fat, a sugar, because what you want to do is whip your sugar into your butter to create little air pockets. That's what builds the texture and the body of your cookie. Now you need a binder. Um, So you can use applesauce or you can use eggs. I prefer eggs. I don't really like doing a lot of stuff with applesauce. I have made vegan cookies. That's why I'm saying that. 99% of my recipes is butter and eggs and sugar. And if you want a chewy cookie, then you use more brown sugar. If you want a more crisp cookie, you can do more granulated sugar. Um, I prefer dark brown sugar because it's a more bold flavor. Uh, It's a little bit deeper, more rich flavor. Um, So if you get your butter, sugar, and eggs, that's going to be your base. Now, what flavor profile are you looking for? Because you can do a lot of stuff with different extracts and things like that. I use a Madagascar bourbon vanilla. It is a a very good, high-quality bourbon. There are better qualities. They are insanely priced. um right now if you were to go buy like walmart does have madagascar Bourbon. i think mccormick's has it and i want to say it's nine dollars an ounce so you don't need a ton of vanilla but if you want to taste it and you want to be able to really know that it's there you need to use it <laughs> so uh i won't give you any versus
2: an imitation right i don't version.
3: which i've never even fooled with any of that crap yeah. so it, that's what it is to me <laughs> I've, I have used <laughs> I've used imitation strawberry and it was horrible. I try to use pure ingredients whenever you whenever you whenever oh, possible. Fair. It's better. Uh, imitation things just taste like that. They're imitation. They're not real. Um, it's which there are ways to get certain flavors into your food by using the real McCoy. Uh, not McCoy ingredients, but not to say anything's wrong with them. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> So you got your butter, your sugar, your eggs, your extract. Now, typically for a regular cookie, vanilla is going to be pretty hard to beat. If you want to go more old school, you could do almond. I have an almond tea cake that I used almond on. Per- like there was a reason for it because I wanted that old school nostalgic feel. Because an al- a tea cake is like a soft shortbread, so it's it's something that you would have with tea, not made with tea. Some people don't understand that. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, after that, you got to let that whip in the mixer. If you're doing a hand mixer, you know, good for you. Most people do have a KitchenAid uh, that I know. But if not, um, a countertop mixer so that you have your hands free. Uh, you, so you're going to put your butter in. You're going to put your, your sugar in. Get that going in the mixer. All these need to be at room temp whenever you start. Uh, room temp in case you didn't know is between 65 and 70 degrees if uh you grew up in florida like i did room temp would have been 78 because my dad didn't believe in air conditioning (laughs) Um, i I didn't realize like what is not supposed to be melty uh until i was older but anyway um you get those with you let that build the body of your cookies up uh after that you got to figure out what kind of density you want your cookie to have. If you want them to be thin, um, then you're not going to use as much flour. If you want them to be a little bit taller, then you're going to use more flour and you need to figure out what leavening agent you want to use. Um, you can use baking soda or baking powder. Now your egg whites will also give you a little bit of rise. Uh, so if you want a little bit lighter, you can add an egg white. If you want it a little bit more kind of fudgy light, you can add another yolk to it. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff you can do with playing with textures and things for cookies.
2: Why one, day? Mm-hmm.
3: I know. I can't <laughs> help it. It's like I, I'm trying to just think. If I, was, I love
2: port, it. I think so what porter, I was going
3: to do, what I'm planning on having released by the summertime, hopefully I'll have it by the summit, uh, is a mix. So that you can just buy my mix and add butter and eggs to it. and you got your own cookies that you can make at home. So oh that yeah that's be, my
1: homemade right there
3: that yeah. so, so here's you the don't difference, measure, though, all, that's
1: the worst part. because the yeah
3: stuff. me I, I make I make a lot of stuff from scratch because I just I like doing it um, I like making pancakes I found a pancake recipe that I absolutely love and oh, I've tweaked so it a good. little bit they're light and fluffy like they've got
2: yeah like an actual cake
3: <laughs> they're're they're,
2: they're, they're, they're
3: not sweet. <laughs> But they're, uh, they're, they're really good. Um, but anyway, once you get your flour, you don't forget your salt. That's that's one thing yes. that a lot of people don't realize. To taste sweet, you have to have a little bit of salty to kind of balance Bring it out. out the and that our, our tagline is finally a cookie for grown-ups, which inspire a lot of people to ask us if we have weed or alcohol in it. And they don't.
2: some of them do have alcohol that's not the the point
3: it's balancing it's finding a balance for all your flavors like we did a birthday cake cookie and it has brandy and cake batter like stuff in it like it's playing with red flavors and stuff is where you can get lost in like to say 101 butter sugar eggs flour Salt, baking soda. The
2: order is important. And then the, your chips. The temperature of your ingredients is important. You wouldn't.
3: And then your oven. Now, if wow. you're going to bake, if you're baking at home, uh, I would suggest if you chill your dough after you make it. Uh, and then you either scoop it or roll it into a log and cut it, which is what I used to do whenever I first started doing this at home. And I would like, like, I, would, I had a bunch of butcher paper and stuff, and I would roll it up into uh roll it up into a log and then cut the cookies out off of uh um off of a uh off the log anyway i ended up detempering a knife and breaking the blade and all that stuff uh that's that's basically it you need to bake on stone that's what i was trying to get to bake on stone whenever they are just barely starting to turn brown on the edge pull your pan and let it sit on the counter because the stone will uh, hold the heat and it will give you a crisp bottom while still letting the cookie be soft and gooey in the
1: middle. Oh, yeah. I, I love a good soft, lumpy cookie in the middle. Oh, yes.
3: So yes. Do, you like, do you like real bold, sharp, or, or, or do you like more of like a light flavor?
1: No, bold, like slap me in the mouth. Yeah.
3: Uh, well, you would probably <laughs> want to go with the dark chocolate. Uh, I like dark chocolate because it's very very like in your face with its flavor profile um and if you wanted to do a double chocolate cookie you just gotta i mean they're they're so it's so fun and they're like it just seems like the possibilities are endless whenever it comes to cookies so it's hard to be like 101 that's why i want to make a mix we were i i decided i wanted to do this last summer and i i've got the recipe down so that you don't have to have Because if you want to go, like right now, if you didn't have anything in your cabinet and you wanted to make cookies, it's going to cost you probably 30 bucks to get the stuff that you need to go. So if we could get our cookie – I mean, some stuff are staples like butter and eggs. But vanilla, not everybody has vanilla. But what I'm going to do for our mix is we're doing – the vanilla is already in it. The only thing it doesn't have is any chips. There's no – so that way – some people like milk chocolate. I don't personally care for it, but you could do a milk chocolate cookie. You could do a white chocolate cookie, dark chocolate, whatever. You could add nuts to it if you wanted to. It would just be the base. So all the aggravating crap of measuring everything would already be done for you. I, I really love this
0: concept. And I love since that. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, no you're, since y'all are consumers... Would you rather make two dozen cookies or one dozen
0: cookies? Two dozen.
2: See, that's
3: what I thought. Because I was talking to one of my friends, and he was like,
2: well, Why do just... you say two dozen? I'm curious. Cause...
3: Well, you could make them big, giant cookies. Like, you could do two 12-inch cookies. I can, I can, yeah. Oh, sorry.
1: Well, I just say two dozen because the first dozen gets eaten way too quick
2: that's a good point. You <laughs> can always break them,
0: yeah, my stepdaughters I cook cookies ready. all the time, and like the first i eat twelve just in the first sitting, so it's <laughs> it's like one of those things where. <laughs> You know, I'm an eater, so I'm constantly consuming food. Thank gosh I have a pretty high metabolism and I work out a lot because I would be huge if that wasn't the case. But one of the things is, um, is I think what happens is there's the ability for leftovers and cookies to be enjoyed longer term. And if you're going to put in the effort – you want it to go the distance so i think yeah. that's probably a mindset and when you buy cookies in the grocery store i don't think anyone sells a dozen cookies anymore i think it's more like 20 to 24. so that's my also my thought on As if you value yeah. add against it but you know i don't know cookies are a a really cool concept being able to do it yourself at home um you're creating the memory with the flavor of your products, but you're allowing people to customize it. So it's like your customized big boy cookie flavor where you said you can add toffee or you can add nuts or you can add different chocolates or cinnamon or whatever, you can enhance it once you do it. And you can even have suggestions on how to do different enhancements that you would do on there. And on that note also, I really wanna emphasize that when Damari asked you for cookie 101, You could have Mm -hmm. literally just spit out line by line recipe. But what happened is you hear Johnny's passion for what he does. And when he was like, this is the short version, it was the 10-minute version because he is so passionate about it. And that's not saying I didn't want everyone to hear it. But I want everyone to understand that if you're going to do a business in the audience or you're going to be a food and beverage entrepreneur, you better be passionate about what you're doing. Because that's what's going to drive you through the hard times.
1: Yeah. That's right.
3: Well, that and having somebody, I mean, I am very blessed to have Hannah because there's been times where I'm like, "This on this. I'm not doing it anymore. And she's like, no, we're doing it and you're doing it because you need to be doing this. I mean, it's.
2: He's just it's, saying this because I'm sitting here. No, it's.
3: <laughs> she, she never, she never believed me that I like talk about her to other people. Like, because we do. We butt heads a lot because we're both
2: such a hard time.
3: We're both very strong willed, strong minded, (laughs) stubborn as shit is really what it is. But it's because we both care and we both, you know, it's about people. And now mine is Hannah's like 10 times better at customer service and stuff. Like I'm like, okay, I just poured my heart and soul into this cookie. Here you go. Hannah's more like like... Hannah's like, well, now what are you putting it in? what's it look like whenever they get it? And I'm like, I, it doesn't matter. Like they're put it on a napkin and hand it to, you know, Uh (laughs) absolutely not. Like we're, we have to have a look. So a lot of the look Hannah's inspired, like, she'll be like, like the store, she showed me a few designs and stuff, which we uh, looked together for a lot of things, but like, she was really like, I see this as how our store needs to be because it's, it's like farmhouse industrial or something like that, I, I guess would be what you would call it because uh, it's, it's like rustic, but there's pipes and stuff like that. I mean, it's
2: industrial something. I don't know what the other part would be.
0: Rustic. It's
3: rustic love, industrial. It's not
2: rustic. I don't, um, it was, I don't know. I don't know. You've been here
0: just for... <laughs> uh, Well, I just, I just wanted to, to say we're experiencing uh, budding heads right now for everyone in the audience. But, but, but I do want to emphasize the importance of it because I have the same thing in my relationship with Deborah. While we're both entrepreneurs, I'm a huge visionary and I can visualize things many years down the road and set goals. And she's like, why the hell are you doing that? What are you creating a logo for? You know, and I'm like, well, this is the start of me visualizing my next big step or my next business. And she's like, why are you wasting your time? But once I get moving, she recognizes it. But without her, I miss all the details that are needed along the way because I'm moving full speed ahead. What do do you mean I need to do this? And I can get frustrated. I'm like, why are you, you know, why are you stomping on my idea? This is my idea. What are you doing? And why are you naysaying it? But what she's really trying to do is organize it in a way that's executable for her and for someone who's not a visionary and a visualization person like I am. So everyone can execute on it. And that's one of those things where without her, I wouldn't be where I am. But it's also, you know, it can come out as stubborn and butting heads, but really there's this balance and people from the outside would be like, oh, what did, why are they disagreeing over that? But really it's the way we're work. we work our way through a, a solution that becomes... Mm-hmm. Successful, and it's what you guys have done. I mean, you've got the food trucks and you've bought your building and you have these successful recipes and there's a balance there. And for the store, I would honestly, it's interesting you guys say that I was thinking it's more like a modern rustic. So that would All be right. the two words I used, but I mean, mm-hmm. and so that's, you know, and I'm a third party, so I see it kind of both of your ways, but somewhere in the middle But just as it is, what you've done is you've executed on something that's very like, I feel that when I go in there, I don't need to know how you cook your cookies. I just know that they're from scratch, you know, and that's the appearance I got. Like, it was weird. I didn't, we didn't really talk about or listen to the podcast with my coworkers When we went in there, we listened to the podcast after we went into your store and after they tried it because I wanted them to have that experience. And one of the things that they said was exactly this. They knew it was like homegrown, homemade feeling cookies by the smell that they came into and by the environment and look of the store. They have got that feel. So once they tasted the cookies, it made them all the more sure. But I didn't have to tell them. It's the way you guys presented it. And like I said, the positivity in that entrepreneurial spirit just showed through without me saying anything. I just went, we've got to try to go here. It's out of our way. I didn't tell them why at the time, you know. So, um, And actually, now that that I I think about it, I think we released your podcast. I don't remember exactly the date, but I think it was May 8th. And I actually think we went into your store the first week of June now that I just think about it but I'm not sure mm. on that, but it was like right after we released your episode last time and we were on the old format. So we had recorded before we released yeah. and now I release within 24 hours, but mm-hmm. um, to change it up. Cause all the fans across the world are like, we want the episodes right away and we want them right away and we can't wait. So I'm like, okay, we're going to push them out right away. So, but anyway, I love what you guys have done and the magic that you guys have created together as a team And I think one of the things I really want to emphasize and and ask you guys next is let's dive into sort of how you guys work together, because I think so many people are afraid of working with family or working with their significant (laughs) other because they're worried it's going to, quote unquote, ruin the relationship. And I mean, I can tell you last night, Deborah and I were probably up to 10 o'clock. We wanted to watch, quote unquote, our TV show, which never happened. It's like... You know, Mm. and you want time together, but we're literally laying there in bed, staring at the ceiling, and we're doing nothing but talking about work, quote unquote. For us, it's fun, but Mm. we're talking about what we do for a living. And, you know, so I could talk about it all day long, but I want to hear from you guys' perspective, because you guys really have this relationship, and you can tell from the interview, that you just, you may butt heads, but it's in a way that helps drive you guys forward consistently, and from Johnny's point also, and I just Mm -hmm. want to make this, is I'm the passionate one. I have passion. I have emotion. I'm totally Italian, hot-blooded, whatever the definition Mm -hmm. is, and Deborah's the more stable one in in terms of the emotions. I will call it stable because I can go flip off the hinge, but I can also... (laughs) get like, Oh, I'm so frustrated. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, those words can come out of my mouth. And she's like, you better not quit. You're going to regret it for the rest of your life, you know, and she can talk me out of it. So I think that that kind of balance in a relationship is important also, but anyway, I'm going to let you guys talk. Sorry. I just want to really jump into that.
3: It's uh, it's, it's not easy.
2: No, it's not
3: <laughs> for, for us. I mean, again, we make cookies, so it's not like, oh, my God, let me talk about this engineering problem that I've got. <laughs>
2: it's at least a fun topic. I, I guess mean... I'm a
3: flavor engineer. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, I mean, it's a fun environment to be in. So getting bogged down in, like, the office stuff, we, we kind of split it down the middle whenever we first got going. I was the kitchen. Hannah was the office. And as we've grown and as we've moved forward with things, Hannah stepped away from the business completely last fall. And, December,
2: it was December.
3: Okay, so last December. So she was gone for a couple months, and it was horrible. It was good for like a day. <laughs> but she the, the skills that she has... Is it's I mean, I, it's like my biggest weakness is where she is the strongest is where I'm the weakest. Um, well,
2: I think so the main... it's
3: it's it was it was hard for me because I, you know, I depended on her to make sure that everything, all the behind the scenes stuff got done. Like I, I told her I can stand out and talk to people. I can do videos. I can do interviews. I can go meet with people all day. I can't sit behind, I mean, I can sit behind a computer, but I would hate it if that's what I was doing, which that, she is great. Like this, I think this might be her first interview that she's done with this. It is the first one she's done with me outside of like our own little videos and stuff that we do on YouTube. Um, but it's, I mean, knowing where your strengths are and where your partner's strengths are is the key to seeing where How you can grow your business, I guess, you know, uh, having someone that you can work with, even if you can't work the best with them, like I might, I might collaborate with someone else better, but I want to work with Hannah because at the end of the day, I know she can get it done. Like she'll get it done in spite of herself sometimes where I'll Mm -hmm. sit there and I get the analysis paralysis where you just sit there and you keep staring at the same thing. And she's like, okay, that's enough. Let's get it done. (laughs) Like push well, I it out. the
2: main thing is just because when we started this, we we started it together. And so, like, when I walked away back in December, I had started a new job because I've pretty much been nursing full time throughout the whole process. And it has been so hard. And then after we had our first child, it was like, oh, my God, I can't do that. Like, I can't. I feel like I'm devoting a very small portion of myself to all these different things and nothing's getting my 100% and it was driving me crazy. So I had started a new job, um, nursing doing home health and it was not a good fit for me. Um, I was hoping the schedule would be better, um, and help allow me to be more present with our business and at the store and that kind of thing. And it was like the, it was the opposite. It was more time consuming. Um, it was terrible. (laughs) So I I hung with it for about seven months In the last, few months of it I had to walk away you know because between our son and that it's like I just didn't have anything left to give (laughs) but I I realized quickly that it was like we 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 did this together from the beginning so like neither one of us can afford to walk away from it because we are both very invested and we both bring two different things to it and I mean Johnny is the business as a whole like as far as like he's the face of the business he makes the product uh, he inspires you know the product is him all the way and then just all the other parts you know is the other side of it you know just the I guess more of the business aspect of it and you know it wasn't realistic really um for it to for either one of us to walk away from it with us both going into it together but I am back I've I've Went part-time, did it for the first time, um, really going part-time with my nursing so that we can really focus on, you know, moving forward in the business and that kind of thing. And it has been so nice. And it's only been, like, three weeks. And it has just been so great to be able to be a part of it again. It's like, I missed it. (laughs) I really did. And you talked about, like, (laughs) with you and, and Deborah, like, for fun that's what we do all the time and, it, and it's like why don't we always like this is like why it's like we're always working but it doesn't feel like work because we both really are passionate even though it drives us crazy and you know it's like so stressful sometimes but we are both very passionate about it and so when we're talking about it at random times of the day or like all the time if that's all we talk about sometimes it, it doesn't feel like work necessarily because you know. You're doing it together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it together. I
2: would be so sad. I would be so sad if either one of us, which thankfully whenever we got married, we're both in the medical profession. So that alone, I feel like when you're with someone who is on the same page with you in a career, it can be really rewarding because you know where they're coming from. You get it.
3: But see, we both went into medical not because it's, a, I mean, it, you do have certain aspects of it as job security and this and that. And I mean, you you go into it for people, you go into it to help people. So you're trying to enrich someone's life whenever they're not in a good place. You know, you're trying to take care of them. And you have that, like if you have that passion to help someone when they're down and you know, they're, they're in there because they're sick and they need fluids or whatever they need you to stand up to the doctor and be like, "Hey, they actually need this, not what you're trying to do."
0: Yeah, and I, and, and it, I think this really sums it up. And I'm going to say this: uh, congratulations on uh, baby number two with the potential food second food truck, and congratulations on the future entrepreneur that will be the child that's coming along as your second child. So, <laughs> right, like you share your baby, <laughs> yes. which is the business, but then yeah. you're you you know when they come out that child becomes part of your business and part of your future and part of your legacy as you build yeah. your business as an entrepreneur. And that's what you guys are doing together. Also is your, you're also giving this gift to your future generation and your legacy for your family, um, in promoting in this pursuit of excellence and doing it together. And one of the other things I really want to tap onto is what you said is, you know, when you're dealing with hardship through businesses and things like that and trying to build things, The hardships as a family that I I don't want to say normal families because I don't want to differentiate, but that people who don't work together as entrepreneurs go through, those things seem minor. You're like, oh, gosh, okay, so the kid missed school today or they didn't turn in a report card or we got a notice that we didn't pay a bill. Big deal. You know, we still have this giant business and all these employees responsible for and making sure the kids learn, you know, your perspective changed. And that doesn't mean we don't focus on our family first. But what it right. does mean is you have a different perspective, and That's right. and in our perspective is no matter what goes on, it's all learning lessons. Like these are all opportunities to grow that happen in our family because we've understand that as entrepreneurs and as a business. And one of the greatest things I think is is being two entrepreneurs as parents, um, in and to the employees as well is you're modeling a relationship realistically. It's not pie in the sky and believe me, there's romance and all that. So don't get me wrong in love and all that. But what I'm saying is, is there's the reality of how you interact on a daily basis to succeed as a couple that happens in business that can be modeled in your relationship at home. And I think that's so important. And that's what you guys are saying. Um, if I read between the lines and I think that that's, really it's hard to understand unless you go through it, but it is there if both parties are willing to work through anything in a business, you really at home, it's, it becomes simple because you've already for lack of a better term built the habit at work and now you're doing it at home. Um, so as we, I think you go ahead Demario.
1: Yeah. So I just want to add that, you know, I think that it also creates an opportunity for, each other to learn each other and to grow and learn more things about your spouse that you didn't know before. Um, you know, my, um, so me and my wife, we also own a business together. Uh, we started a bike share company about two years ago. And so, you know, I, I say we live in Atlanta, but we actually live in Cumming, Georgia, but it's right outside. So I just tell everybody Atlanta because it's, It's so much easier, (laughs) but, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, we, we started it and, you know, we went into it the same as everyone else scared about working together, you know, scared about finding that balance, but we found it very quickly. Uh, you know, I am like Justin, I'm a visionary, I'm a dreamer. Like, you know, I really truly believe that given, a certain amount of time and a certain amount of resources, I can do anything. I really feel that way. And I have a new idea that I uh, worry my wife with every single day. And she's that balance to say, hey, slow down, slow down. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, what? You started an L- Wait, you started the LLC? What are you doing? Like she is the one that, <laughs> she slows me down and say, all right, Let's get back grounded and let's weigh out the options and let's do this, this and that. But, you know, I am also the one that, you know, I will spark up a conversation with anyone. And Mm -hmm. she's not like that, Uh, you know, but it's fun for me that, you know, if I, you know, if if we are in a certain situation where, you know, hey, I think we should go and meet that guy. You should walk up to him. Sometimes she slaps me and say, no, I'm not doing it. But then sometimes she say, you know what? I got this. And that makes me so happy, you know, just to see her grow, just to see her step out of her shell a little bit and, you know, and, you know, say if we are in a meeting or something with the county. So our agreement for our bikes, you know, we had to, you know, we, uh, we formed an agreement with. The county that we live in, in order to have our bikes available, and uh, you know, and when we're in that meeting, you know, to to see her step out of her shell and and kind of take over a meeting, you know, it's it's really awesome. Um, it's she attractive. It um, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm the person. You know. Um, she. She. I'm a little more creative uh, and she will tell you that, you know, she's, she's just not creative, but uh, you know, but I think she is, (laughs) but um, you know, I'm the creative person for the bikes. I'm the, the, uh, the, the maintenance person, you know, Mm -hmm. I fix the bikes and everything like that. But then my wife, you know, she's the, the background, all of the paperwork and stuff. I get bored with that. I don't want to do it. And I think finding that strength, between each other works out perfect so you know that's that's my two cents in that you know god I, I think that you guys are on the right track you as well justin you and deborah are a fantastic team and you know i've been working with you guys for a while now and you guys are a powerhouse
0: thank you Demario, and and i really i think what everyone said is don't be afraid to work with your significant other. It's just fall forward and explore this opportunity to know each other on a different level. And like, it's pretty amazing. Um, so Johnny and Hannah, what, uh, as we start to wrap this up, I want to ask you guys one last question. And that's sort of this and, and put your heads together here. Um, um, but, what is the thing that you think is the most important thing that if someone were getting into your business, knowing where you are now, not in your specific business, but in the food and beverage business, what, were, what are the most important things or thing that you feel that they should know or, or learn before they get into a business on their own as an entrepreneur?
3: they need to understand if their product that they're wanting to make is if there's even a need or a want for it.
2: Um, the I would market.
3: say, and it's, it's like, like you you should, before you go invest a hundred thousand dollars or $200,000 into anything, prove your, prove your idea. I mean, it doesn't cost, like I started out. I, I think one of the reasons that me and Hannah, like the whole company started almost as a joke to me because it, it wasn't a joke, but I mean, it was like, it didn't, if you asked me five years ago, if, hey, you gonna start making cookies full time and making that your business and think it'll be something one day. I would have been like, I mean, I doubt it. I mean, because you don't, you don't realize but i proved the market without even realizing what I was doing because I enjoyed making cookies and stuff. I took it. I mean, I've, I literally would stay up all night making cookies, baking cookies. I might sleep for about 30 minutes, and then I would go out the next day and sell. Like I would just go cold call everywhere in Statesboro, and like in in like the the Tri County area, anywhere that would let me in the door. I would go in and be like, "Hey, I've got some fresh cookies. I've got uh, chocolate chips, and I've got." Uh, some caramel apple, and I've got these new ones, these maple bacon bourbon. They're like, what? What is that? And I'm like, it's, it's chocolate chip cookie, but it's got bacon and bourbon in it. And they're like, oh, let me try that. And you figure out your price. I, the first time I went out to sell cookies, I think it cost me $10 because I didn't know how to price anything. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: I, because it wasn't it wasn't about the money. It was just about, let me give somebody something and watch their face. Yeah. That's one of the most that's that's not this conversation but
2: well I think it what he was saying with that is that you know we were so blessed to have it kind of come about like we didn't just he didn't think overnight I want to start a business it just kind of things started falling into place but I would say moving forward and even for us moving forward having this experience and knowing now what we didn't know before if you know anyone out there who has a product or has something that they are passionate about doing, that they're good at doing, they have a good quality product that they really feel like they could be successful with. I would say just to know and spend the time upfront to really research, research your market and really have a game plan going into it. Um, And to start out, I am so bad about like, I, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something. I'm just like, Oh, I want like, this is going to be great. Like I just want, and you just want to go <laughs> all in and spend all this money to just, cause you just have this vision, but like you spend all this time and this money and you haven't spent the time to like research and know what the need is. And then at the end of the day, it. yeah. And you're just, you're not prepared. You You have the idea, but you're not prepared ahead of time and then it ends up being like nothing like you thought it would and you spent all this money we i've had that experience just with projects like i'll get really excited about doing a certain project and i don't test the market do the research because i'm so impatient <laughs> be patient let me <laughs> test get you the market and, no don't <laughs> Come
3: on. so we whenever before we had the food truck how we we still already had our website and everything set up um But we were talking on the way home from a trip. It was actually the trip we decided to get the food truck. I was like, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we did like the dollar cookie club. Oh, God. Well, how would we do that? And I was like, well, I mean, we can get those little bubble mailers and we can do like little small cookies and just like let people sign up and we'll send them a cookie or something like that a month. Something something for a dollar, you know, come up with something. I, I swear the next day. A huge box come to the house, and I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> I opened it; it was full of bubble mailers.
2: We had, that was five, almost five that years. Wasn't ago. It was that long ago, but yeah, it was...
3: it was. in the spring of 2016. We had the box before we had the food truck, so it was like January of 16. Uh, we we still have every single one of them. Because it was like, well, we don't know how to really launch
2: that. Yeah, like, I, just just not to put, basically don't put the, the cart, cart before the horse. horse. Like, really plan out what you're trying to do and research. And to add to that, that's, that's just been me personally. I know that's where I have fallen short is just not, you know, planning the execution and, you know, just not being patient, basically. Be patient and give it time and then you may you may decide with that research and that planning that hey we actually need to do this completely different this isn't something we need to do at all like just to know ahead of time before you make those big purchases before you spend that money before you put all that time and energy into something just make sure that you can see it through ahead of time and then in addition to that I would say just Finding, like having the support, like really making sure that you have good, good support system that is backing you a hundred. Like, you know, just, and I'm not saying financially, I'm saying you need like emotional support because it's so difficult, you know, starting a business in general. Um, it's, it's a lot. And I feel like without us partnering it together, I can't imagine it would have ever been anything um, but we had each other. We had our family that um,
3: didn't understand, anything. didn't
2: understand Like they, were, they really thought we were crazy, but they at least at they were the type, our family, we've been so blessed because at the end of the day, our family is the type of people who we may have no idea like what, <laughs> like why you're doing something. It may seem completely crazy, but we stand behind you. We support you and thank God for that because that is huge. Um, is just having that support system.
0: Well, and I love this topic in and of itself, because one of the things that being a visionary and stuff like this is you do get the vision and you, and you do want to jump forward, but it is that control, of just pausing and pivoting, you know, And I want to, you know, a lot of it's like this feeling. I have this feeling I need to do it. It's like the podcast. I had this feeling I needed to do it. And I jumped right in and I built a studio and I went moved forward. But I wasn't really sure why I needed to do it. I didn't really have the idea. I knew I wanted to give back. I knew I wanted to do it for free. And I, you know, I still to this day reject any sponsorship or no matter how much they're offering And because I feel like the right thing to do is to get the message out of there and just help people learn from each other. But one of the things was, is I didn't realize what the next step was. You know, I did it. And I'm like, what does this really mean? Why am I doing it? Well, I've got a lot of friendships out of it and and exploring new relationships. And just like I hope to get to know you guys more, you know, Johnny and Hannah, like I've known DeMario and through relationships and, and started to build that. It's just like, You know, what what did it mean? And then one day, you know, it came through all the feedback I got from a lot of people that have been on the podcast is you need to get us together. And how do you do it? And sort of, I always had this idea of a summit of some sort. And I sort of launched that. And I mean, I had no idea. Like, really, I was expecting like 50 people, you know, and we're well over 400 right now. So, you know, and it's just like there's this thing and this ability to help educate people and get them together and learn from each other. And it's not like what they do in expos and it's not like what they do at other summits or, you know, shows and stuff like that where people are just there and you charge them for a booth and they display their product. No, we're taking it to a new level. You know, we're it needs to be to a new level. How do we collaborate with people? How do we grow each other? How do we promote each other? You know, just like we were talking about before the podcast, is how do I hook you up with a beef jerky company that's been on the podcast to do a big boy beef jerky cookie? You know, and, and then you guys can cross promote it and share your audience and your consumer base and, and sort of. How do you do that? Because that's the way it works in the podcast is I can be on someone else's podcast. they can We share audiences and then, you know, you promote each other. So that's one of the mm-hmm. things is it's the same idea with food is how do we collaborate in the food world, you know, and we go this direction and leverage each other and accelerate each other's brands and we talked about this before, sometimes one plus one doesn't equal two. If you have a really good entrepreneur with another good entrepreneur, one plus one equals three because you have your own ideas that you're creating, but imagine the ideas you're creating together. So it's sort of that Mm -hmm. concept, and it's exactly what you're talking about, but Mm -hmm. I had to pause and be patient. It wasn't time to do the summit. I had this idea, and I knew I wanted to do it, but one was the right timing, you know, And, and I'm not kidding you about this. Literally... I launched the summit idea, and eight hours later, I had the University of Georgia contact us because of the podcast, asking us if we would consider maybe doing some sort of expo with them because they have this thing, but they don't know how to promote it, and they've done it in years past, but they don't want to do it by themselves anymore, and they want to attract my my audience to it. I'm like, holy crap, that's crazy. I literally just sent an email out eight hours ago To like a bunch of the people that have been on the podcast. So it's like timing is everything. And when you know you're going in the right direction and you wait, you usually get re, I don't know how to, affirmation that it is the right direction. That you're going if that's the right word. My vocabulary sucks. So there's that whole thing. So... Um Deborah's the vocabulary one i'm the I'm the one who just throws out and makes up words and sayings, and you know actually, I will tell you guys a little story real quick. You know how I got Deborah to fall in love with me. We were in a business meeting, and I literally was making a point, and I said, "Does the pope poop in the woods and so I totally messed up the saying, but I made her laugh hysterically, which is how it all started so
3: <laughs>
2: oh good <laughs>
0: so uh johnny and hannah what i would like to do with you guys because there's so much more i want to talk about with you guys is i would love to get you back on the podcast in a week or two and do another episode if you guys have time or maybe in april um and i want the audience to know because i think you guys have are so inspirational i really want to get more of your story out there and hannah you've just you nailed it for never doing an interview before you know, as Demario said with his wife, you've sort of been pushed into it, and, and you're a rock star. Poor Johnny, he might ha- he might have unleashed I've, the beast, and so
3: I've, I've <laughs> we so we we shoot like little YouTube videos and stuff, and she acts like she hates them. but I like half the time it's just me sitting back and letting her go, and I just I'll sit there and laugh sometimes, but yeah, she's awesome, and I'm like. She was like, I'm not doing those anymore. I was like, Hannah, you're the whole reason people turn in tune in to watch those. Like it, it's just it's, she's she's all energy.
0: I know it's Most the same with Deborah on the podcast. I convinced her to go on. She's like, Oh, people don't want to hear me and I don't really like doing it. And I get her on the podcast. I can't even get in two words when she's on. It's like it becomes Deborah and <laughs> the food entrepreneurs when she's on the show. <laughs> So, and I mean that's not my ego. I'm just like you go, girl. You know what I mean? Like you get it because that's why I need, I need help sometimes. And every day, you know, I'm not as energetic as I am now with you guys. So sometimes I need help, which is really cool. I mean, yeah. we'll we'll
3: uh, we'll check our schedule. That should be fine. We should be able
0: to do that. Yeah, and um, the the same calendar. And anyone who's out there as a food and beverage entrepreneur, if you go to our Instagram page. Um, Mm. I actually emailed you guys, Johnny and Anna. So you have the link there to the calendar for an appointment, but any food and beverage entrepreneurs that are listening out there, I've simplified this process. So I don't, if you guys want to get on the podcast and we, we don't need all the communication, if you go to our Instagram page and click the link, uh, a link tree will pop up and you can click on the calendar there and find your appointments on there. They're not every week because I travel, um, every other week. Um, you know, sometimes more than that. But I'm trying to schedule it so we can record the podcast. So sign up for your own episode. Uh, we do all the episodes via telephone mostly. We don't do a lot in person right now. Um, we're right. hoping to do more in person in Georgia because we'll be opening a studio there in Milledgeville. Um, you know, much better than the one I built in my garage. Thank goodness. But it's uh, <laughs> but it's um, but it's getting there. So, um, but anyway, as we well, guys, we finish, re- go ahead, Demario.
1: Well, guys, I have really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, thank you for letting me in a little bit on your world, uh, and I'm definitely pleased. Dustin, put me down if they will have me. I would love to be a part of your part three podcast for sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, yes. I mean, this is so much fun. But I do want to ask now. You know, because you're not going to get away with without me asking this question. Um, I am online. And I want to buy buy some cookies. What is your individual favorite cookies? Like, what should I get?
3: Well, you're hungry, so you can get more than one. Uh, I would probably (laughs) pick my favorite right now. I always go back to chocolate chip, but gosh, how do you pick
2: my my favorite? Hardest
1: question of the day.
2: I love the banana pudding cookie. I love banana pudding. I've I've had some people say that don't really eat banana pudding, that they still like it. So I feel like it's a pretty safe option. I think the only way you wouldn't like it is if you don't like like, bananas.
3: (laughs) No, it's if you don't like banana
2: pudding.
3: (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. I mean, because, so, God, uh, chocolate chip definitely is one of my favorites uh we do a brown butter chocolate chip i don't think it's on the website right now oh yeah molasses is definitely in my top now molasses our molasses cookie it is one of the thinner ones that we make but it's real like fat and uh, round and it's just it's got such a good texture to it um are, are you a oatmeal man because see people ask what's your best cookie that's going to be subjective to you because my flavor profile isn't going to be your flavor profile. So what, what is your favorite dessert? Yeah. But what I'm saying is it wouldn't matter if I told him my favorites, if he doesn't like chocolate or if he doesn't, you know, if he likes oatmeal cookies, it's always subjective. That's why my first question usually is what is your favorite dessert? And if you say cheesecake, it will hang up.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so I am from North Carolina. I am from, I guess you would consider the the country. I'm a okay. pie guy. Any kind of pie is just caramel yum, apple. yum yum yum. Yeah.
3: Yes. You need to get the caramel apple cookie because it's basically apple pie with caramel in it. Yeah. That oh my I would say I would say okay. that would probably be up for you. um Okay. The salted caramel brownie now. It's 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 dark chocolate caramel and
2: uh our top three top sellers are chocolate hazelnut. chip, um salt salted salt caramel, caramel brownie, brownie and banana pudding are our top three sellers. My favorite personally is probably banana pudding across the
1: board. Okay. Um, I eat all of them.
2: But they're all I mean. But Johnny,
1: you know. Yeah. But, Johnny, I still want it – like, your 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 passion about it has me very interested. I do want you to pick one that I could just – that I say, all right, I can see why that's Johnny's cookie.
3: <laughs> well, to do that, you would have that's to pick my Would
1: you just
2: answer the I, question? That's why I, I, I always <laughs>
3: do that. Or, or now, I will say, this is a weird pick for me, but I probably eat more – like, if I'm at an event – I eat more of these than any of the other cookies because uh, you can't be big boy and not eat cookies. I eat our gluten-free cookie all the time. It,
2: mm-hmm.
3: is, it, is, it, is, really a, it is a chocolate chip with walnuts, and I typically hate nuts Let me just in my answer cookies. this
2: question. He, the molasses, he, he likes the spices. I mean, he's like a spice guy. So I would say molasses is probably we okay molasses definitely because it went from being a seasonal like because it is molasses <laughs> to an extent is very seasonal it's old, like it's wintery kind of thing. we do molasses year round now because that really is your favorite cookie I do
3: uh, it's
2: this the only time of cookie that we deemed now year round and because you like it so much molasses is probably his his favorite. Just based and, off experience and chocolate chip, <laughs> chocolate
3: chip, yeah. Yeah, I think I think molasses. It's it's got such a good texture. So, I, uh, give away a trade secret. Oh, I roll. It, I, I we do. It's like a sugar cookie. So you roll it in a dimura, which is a very coarse sugar. I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's how I'm pronouncing it. So that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> right, now, so you can get Dimura or you can get Turbinado. Turbinado is a little bit smaller granule. It's still bigger than your fine it's granulated got a sugar. On the outside yeah, there. it's but it's, soft it's good. It's
0: good. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> thank you guys so much for. I think for, I got my order. Yeah. So <laughs> just so the audience knows, you can order cookies online at bigboyscookies.com. dot um, Yeah. It,
2: it's um
0: it's big, big. big boy cookies. Big yep. boy cookies. I'm sorry, b i g b o y cookies. Um, how you normally spell it? Dot com. Um, my speech impediment came in there. I'm sorry, guys. But um, <laughs> you,
2: know, you know, big boys. If you made it possessive, that would make
0: sense. Big no, I, no, I know. We just talked about how I don't have any vocabulary and I mess up saying. <laughs> so I mess like this is just one of the things. And um, to tell on myself. I'm not kidding. The other day, it was a very simple name, and I won't say it because I don't want to embarrass myself too much the name, but literally it took me 13 takes to do the intro on the podcast to get the name right, and it was so easy. But I kept just messing it up, like, badly, and I don't know why, but I just had one of those days where my brain was not functioning properly, and so uh, it was pretty bad, but uh, very embarrassing.
2: Absolutely.
0: So I just wanted to thank you guys again. And they can find you at Big Boy Cookies on Facebook and Instagram also. So I encourage the audience to reach out. Um, You guys do have your online store, which I want to really dive into the next episode because I think that's huge. And I want to dive into, you know, owning your own building and the decisions to get to the point of deciding you were going to buy the building that you guys were occupying, but I want to save mm-hmm. that for the next episode. And so mm-hmm. thank you guys for, for coming on again. I really, I really enjoyed this episode.
2: Absolutely. Thank, thank you very you. much for having, us. You for having
0: us. And for the audience, again, you can find the summit tickets at Eventbrite. Um, that's E V E N T B R I T E.com. And you can just look up, the Food and Beverage Entrepreneur Summit. You can also go on to Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Instagram page. There's a link on there. Again, Linktree, along with the podcast calendar, sign up. There is the free tickets are available there, too, and you can just click. So thank you, everyone, for listening in, and have a great day.